The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Every time I say the word Hebrews, I have to fight off that joke that tells us who's supposed to make the coffee in the morning. It's the man because he brews. Yes, thank you. That's really not a good way to start off my message today. But we've been in a series called Faith, and so you're going to have to operate in some faith today to believe that this rest of the message is going to be a lot better than that joke that I just shared. But last week we talked about the issue of hope and how hope creates an expectation. In fact, we've defined hope as a confident expectation of good. What hope means is that I'm expecting God to do good things in my life. So as we've been in this series and we've been talking about the issue of faith, and faith is something that we operate in, it's something that we have to kind of choose to operate in, I want us to be very careful not to think that Christianity is about our performance. That Christianity is about us doing all the right things, and if we do all the right things, then the blessing of the Lord shows up. Now again, there are consequences for doing wrong things, and there are consequences for doing right things. In fact, it's part of what we're looking at, but God always loves us unconditionally. God does not love us the way that some of us were loved by somebody, and we thought that this was love, but it was a real stern, rebuking love. And we thought, well, because they love me, that's why they're slapping me around, right? Unfortunately, we get that paradigm, and we get that paradigm of God that, well, God loves me, and because he loves me, he's going he's gonna to chastise me, he's going he's gonna to be mean to me so that I'll recognize that's a problem. Listen, There is a punishment built into violating the word of God, but God is not punishing you even when you violate the word of God. If you're in him, he sees you as totally righteous. So please do not forget that. As we're talking about these things that we want to learn how to walk in, it's because we want to learn how to walk in a higher dimension of God's favor. Have you noticed that there are some followers of Jesus Christ that are walking in more favor than other followers of Jesus Christ? It's true. Some people are just, man, it just seems like God's blessing is all over them. And other people, it seems like they're constantly from one struggle to another struggle. We're looking at part of the reason why this happens. So faith or hope is a confident expectation of good. I'm always believing God is going to do something good in my life. It means every morning that I get up, it's just a confident expectation of good. Now, sometimes I have to get my confidence up. Sometimes I have to rework my expectation because my expectations naturally sometimes want to run downhill. And I've been going through some stuff, so I'm thinking, oh, it's just going to be another bad day. No, no, no. I want to lift my expectations to say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will what? I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Do you know today's the day the Lord has made? Let me try that again. Do you know today's the day the Lord has made? He's made it for you, for you to rejoice and to recognize that there's an expectation of good things that you need to have because those are the things that God wants to do in your heart and life. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now I'd like you to notice how this verse starts out. It says that now faith is... Y'all see that first three words? Now faith is. And the, the word now is not denoting the present tense. Okay? When it says now, it's not talking about right now. It's, it's a word that means it's a continuation from the previous chapter. Because of what we talked about in the last chapter, now 
faith is. There have been a lot of debates among scholars and, and theologians about whether this word is a, a, is a continuation or whether it's a present tense because when you understand faith, it seems like now means the active present tense because look at this. Faith or now is on one side of faith and is is on the other side of faith. So now faith is. So the first thing that tells us that if faith is not residing in the present tense, then it's not faith. Faith is. Now faith is. Faith is always in the present tense. Now don't confuse faith with hope because hope is a future tense of one day the thing that you're believing God for, not I'm wishing but I'm believing God for, is going to come about. But faith is always in the present tense regardless of what it looks like in the present tense. It's always in the present tense because now faith is. What that means is as followers of Jesus Christ, we don't just use our faith on Sunday. We don't come to church on Sunday and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to operate a little bit in faith and then you know, I'm going to leave my faith in my seat right here because this is my favorite seat and it always frustrates me when somebody else gets my seat. So I'm leaving my faith right here in my seat. I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back next Sunday and pick up my faith again. No, the faith that you're using today to receive the word of God is the same faith that you need to use tomorrow morning because now faith is... It's a present tense. Well, Pastor Richie, what about all the blessings that you talk about? Health and prosperity and overcoming. Why are those things not happening in my life? Who said those things aren't happening in your life? Who told you that? Yeah, you know who told you. The enemy told you that they're not working in your life. Because what happens in our life is that we're having a struggle physically in our bodies. Maybe it's an elbow, like I'm working through. Maybe it's a struggle in our marriage. Maybe it's a struggle of financial issue. Whatever it would be, we look at that one issue and we think, well, God's not working in my life. When God is working in your life in about a million other ways, just right now, you're walking through something. So who told you that? God's not saying that that. You don't find that in the word of God. Listen, you'll have to excuse my English, but what God says about you is this. You is healed now. No matter what you're walking through in your body right now, you is overcoming now. No matter what struggle that you're faced with, you is rich now. Even though you might be as broke as the Ten Commandments that Moses threw down at the bottom of Mount Sinai. You is rich now. Faith always starts out operating in the present tense. It starts off now. See, the spirit behind faith is always a present tense. Now faith is. See, now we begin to understand the schemes and plans of the enemy. That he's always trying to get you to think that God's promises are out there somewhere. Right? And if, if you just read the Bible enough, then it would be working. And we, we spend a lot of time begging God for things that he's already provided for us. Because now faith is. You have to settle it that it is. Not one day. No, no, no. It now is. See, that's why it's important for you to be thankful for what has, God has done in your life. Because when you're thankful and you're remembering what God has done in your life, when you start to walk through something, you can say, this is nothing because I remember what God brought me through in the past. It helps you give, develop an expectation of good. See, it builds your confidence. And when you begin to understand that God has already provided everything for you, when Jesus said, it is finished, he meant it. It is finished. It's a completed work. 
Why isn't it showing up in my life? Are you receiving it into your life? Not an intellectual believing, but are you going, man, I know that I is that I is. Right? See, you is healed right now. You is an overcomer right now. You is set free right now. You is prosperous right now. You might as, just, might as well just go around declaring over your life, I is that I is. Seriously. See, God lives in the reality of his existence by declaring, I am that I am. We should live in the reality of what it is that he's done for us by declaring, I is that I is. I is healed. I is an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Now, there's a reason for that. Listen, Isaiah 46 says that God calls the end at the beginning. See, God's not bound up by time. He doesn't wait for the end of a thing to call it forth. He calls it at the beginning. That's why Romans 4 says this, that God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. There may not be something in your life that you're believing God for now, but God has already called it into existence. What's our responsibility, to pray and read enough? No, to simply believe and receive that what God says in his word is true, and that's where my confidence comes from. So the first thing we need to see this morning is that now faith is. It's the present tense. Now faith is the substance. The word substance there is foundation. It's the confidence. This this word substance means it's the assurance. So now faith is the foundation or the confidence of the thing that we are hoping for. Even when the evidence is not yet seen. Faith is the foundation. Faith is our confidence that's why Hebrews chapter 10 says this therefore do not cast away your confidence which has a great reward what is it telling us not to throw away don't throw away your confidence well I don't feel confident it doesn't matter if you feel confident fake it till you make it you can choose to be confident listen there are lots of mornings when I get up to preach I don't feel confident the devil's reminding me of things going on in my life, or man, you haven't spent enough time, or whatever the accusation is, but I have to choose to be confident. You can choose to be confident. Don't throw away your confidence. What's our hope and confidence based on? God's word. So don't throw away the confidence that you have in God's word, because God's word has an incredible reward. How many of you have ever read some promises in the word of God, and you went, oh my goodness, could that really be true? Five, six of you. Right? We, we look at the Word of God sometimes and we go, wow, can that really be true? An accusation comes in immediately by the enemy. Well, you know what happened to sister so-and-so? Or do you know, what, you know what's happening in your life right now? How can, how can this really be true? And we choose to believe the circumstances. We choose to believe the past rather than believing the promise. The Word of God has to be our hope. It has to be our confidence. It has to be our assurance. It's what we're building our life upon. So faith becomes the foundation. Faith becomes the confidence that we have. Again, it's the foundation of the confidence of the promise, every promise that we're finding in the Word of God. It's our hope. Again, what is biblical hope? Is it a wish? Oh, I'm kind of hoping. No, it's a confident expectation of good. So faith is, remember it's in the present tense, it's the confidence, the assurance, the foundation for the promise that we're believing God for. And again, where do I find the promises that I'm believing God for? From television? From sitcoms? 
Can I tell you today as a church, we get so focused upon sitcoms and believe what some reality star says or what some singer says or what some movie star says that we think that's reality. That's not reality. The word of God is reality. That's where we place our hope. It becomes the foundation of our lives. And since the word of God is the foundation of our life, the word of God becomes our confidence. We can just rest in the word of God. So I know that what God's word tells me is true, and I know that God's word works because my confidence is in the word of God, and I'm not going to throw my confidence away. Are you all picking up what I'm laying down today? The word of God becomes the foundation of my life. So again, it's my confidence, and in areas where I'm growing, where, where I'm developing confidence. See, you may not be at a place where you're confident about all of God's promises, but don't throw away your confidence and give up. Sometimes we're confident about some things. Some of us, we're very confident that we're saved because by faith we were saved, right? So, but we're very confident about that, but we're not very confident about the Lord's desire to bless us financially. And, and we waver and we're wondering all the time, does God really want to bless us financially? Well, the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. If you look up that Hebrew word, that Hebrew word rich means rich. I love the fact that God blessed Abraham with cattle and donkeys. It would be like houses and cars and amazing things. So that we could understand it's not just a spiritual blessing. Though I have to tell you, the spiritual blessing is so much better than the physical blessings. Physical blessings, we're not taking them with us. But the spiritual blessings, they matter for eternity. So we got to develop confidence in all areas of God's promises. And when you're shrinking back, just refocus and say, no, I choose to believe it. Here's where my feelings are, but here's where my choice is. God, I choose to believe. I've got confidence in what you promised me in your word. We go to the word of God. That's what builds our faith. See, Romans 10 says this, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, I've mentioned this before, but it's almost as if Paul wanted to have a continuation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. How strong do you want your faith muscle to be? You've got to work it out. You've got to work it out. You've got to develop it. Listen, you can't fake it any more than you can fake not working out and deciding to go run a, a 10K. Amen? Now, we all get that, don't we? Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. So we've got to exercise that faith muscle. How do we exercise it? How do we develop it? How do we build it? By hearing the word of God. By hearing the word of God. We show up to church on a consistent basis because we want to hear the word of God. We read the word of God and we start reading the word of God out loud. When we get with our family and our family speaking the problem, we start speaking the word of God and start speaking the word of God and start declaring the word of God. The more time we spend in the word of God, the more confident we become in that word. I've shared this with you guys before also, but... When I began to understand that I was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I have to tell you that every doubt, fear, and unbelief from hell bombarded me in believing that. And every time I failed, I would get up and I felt like I am not, I am not the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am not able to overcome this. But I began to recognize it doesn't matter what I feel. And I began to declare, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I continue to declare it over my life. Can I tell you today, when I fail, and it happens more often than I would like for it to happen, I get up immediately and I say, God, I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's not who I am. That's what I did. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I believe it because I've been spending time in the Word. I have confidence in what God's Word says about me. Spending time in the Word of God will develop confidence. No Word, no confidence. 
Lots of word, lots of confidence. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Listen, for those of you that are married and you keep going with each other, you need to start speaking life over each other, declaring the promises over each other. You might need to look at them and say, you are a mighty man of God. Or you're a mighty woman of God. I'm, but, I'm just choosing to believe it now. You've got to declare what God's word says. Amen. And here's the amazing thing. As you begin to spend time in the word of God, you're going to begin to see his promises come true. Don't miss it. Sometimes his promises come true and we're like, okay, God, thank you. Now look at this problem over here. Can you fix this? No, take a moment to rejoice and say, God, thank you. Thank you that my wife's finally behaving. God, thank you that my husband's finally behaving. Equal time up here. Take a moment to celebrate. See, everything that God's wanting and you're wanting God to do in your life needs a foundation to be built upon. The only way that you're going to see the total fulfillment where you're walking in the abundant life, that's more than all the time happening in your life, is that you have to have a foundation for that promise to be built on. If it's just based upon how you feel in the moment, how many of you know that you're going to feel like it's happening one moment and not the next moment? It becomes the shifting sand the Bible talks about, and we're trying to build our lives on that, and we're wondering why every time a storm comes, it's crashing. We've got to build it on a foundation. What's the foundation? The Word of God that's active and alive, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrates to dividing the soul and spirit, joints, judges the thoughts and intents of our heart. The Word of God guides our life. See, it's like if you're building a house, you realize that there's a lot of work that goes into the foundation before the house can be built. In fact, if the house isn't built upon a foundation, again, when the storm comes, it's going to crash. There's nothing really to build the house upon. People can't just show up and say, well, let's just throw a wall right here and make decisions to this. Your faith in God's word is the foundation. It's the confidence, the base, the base for your prosperity. The base for your healing. The base for your wholeness. It's the word of God and the promises that you find in the word of God that creates a foundation for you to build your life upon. So what happens if a Christian believes something that's not based upon the word of God? What if a Christian tries to build their life based on something other than God's word? What they're building won't last. We always have to go back to the Word of God. That's the foundation that we're building on. It's God's Word that creates confidence. You realize every time that I'm saying God's Word, I'm saying God's Word. Not, not some literary book that called the Bible that is just some words. I'm, I'm saying it's God's Word. Let that sink in a little bit. It's God's Word. The God that spoke one word and the world was created. It's God's word. Do you think your problem, situation, and circumstance is too big for that God? It's God's word. It's God's word that creates confidence in the thing that we're believing God for. But it starts with the word. See, John 1 says, in the beginning was what? The Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when we're reading the Word, we're understanding Jesus. We're understanding the good news of Jesus Christ. So the way you begin is the same way that God began, with the Word. Don't begin until you've got the Word. 
Hebrews 1 says this, he's upholding all things by the word of his power. God's word is power. God's word has the ability to change things in your life and in other people's life. It has the power to change your circumstance. It has the power to change your situation. God's word is power. It's his foundation. Can you find a foundation from God's word for the way that you're living your life right now? Listen to this carefully. If you're doing something in your life right now and you know that what you're doing doesn't line up with the word of God, you need to stop. Because if God's word isn't the foundation, then you're building your life upon something that won't last. That's why when we do relationships improperly, we're surprised when they don't last. And then all of a sudden we get all this baggage and junk going on in our life and we carry that baggage into the next relationship. And we try to do the same thing in the next relationship and then we're surprised it doesn't last. Listen, we've got to build our lives upon the word of God. Have you gotten a word from God about something? Are you hearing what God's saying in your life? See, there are good ideas based upon the wisdom of man. And then there are God ideas based upon the word of God. Now, sometimes the wisdom of man can be in alignment with the word of God. But if it's just a good idea and it's not a God idea, that's, that's an idea that won't last. Hebrews 11, again, 1. Now faith is, again, it's in the present tense, the substance it's the foundation, the thing that I have confidence in, of the things. What are you believing God for? What do you need from God today? You know, I shared this last week. You've got to be expecting God to do something in your life. He's not going to just show up and make something happen in your life. You've got to be expecting God to do something. You've got to be expecting God to heal your body. You've got to be expecting to God to provide for you. You've got to be expecting God to heal the relationship that you're working in. Now, we'll say this about relationships. It takes two people to heal the relationship. You could be believing God and the other person saying, I don't want any part of it. And God will not override their will to make the relationship work. But I promise you, he's dealing with them. So what are you expecting God to do? What do you need God? What are those things that you're hoping for? Again, hope, a confident or an earnest expectation of good. See, hope is like the blueprint. It's like the vision of the thing that you're envisioning come to pass. When you close your eyes and you think about something going on in your life, think about an area where there's a struggle right now. When you close your eyes, what's the blueprint in your mind? If you feel like, oh, I'm always feeling defeated, I'm, I'm not more than a conqueror, that's not the right blueprint. When you close your eyes, what do you see happening in your life? See, when you're building a house, you have a vision, an end in mind, in your mind of what you think it should look like. So you begin to develop plans and create a blueprint of everything that it's going to look like. You don't just let the construction crew show up and decide what they're going to do. Well, I think we'll just throw a wall up right here. You're like, no, 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 let's look at the blueprint because there's a pretty good chance that they're not going to build the house that you're dreaming of. They're not going to build it the way that you'd like for them to build it. So until you get plans or a blueprint, there really isn't any need for material to show up. So hope in the life of the believer is the blueprint in our mind based upon God's word of what our lives should look like. So until I get a blueprint in my mind, until I start expecting the thing that I'm envisioning in my mind based upon the word of God, there really isn't any need for material to show up. Hope helps me see in my mind the thing that I'm believing God for, whether that's health, 
wholeness or prosperity, any of God's promise. Faith is the foundation, the confidence that I have, again, based upon the word of God that I now envision that I will see come to pass. See, the Bible says that you're blessed in the city and you're blessed in the country. Do you ever just drive out in the country and think, man, I'm blessed out here just like I was in the city? It's a mental image in your mind. The Bible says that you're blessed going out and you're blessed coming in. So did you, did you recognize when you walked in this morning that you were blessed? And when you're going out, do you recognize that you're blessed? See, you're blessed to be blessed and to be a blessing for others. So while we're blessed and we're amazing, you're also a blessing about ready to happen for somebody else. Faith is the foundation. Again, it's the confidence based upon the word of God that I'm envisioning coming to pass. I, it, I may not see it yet. See, hope may not have materialized yet because who hopes for something that they already see? But it's what I'm believing God for. So again, using the building illustration, hope isn't the walls themselves, but it's the blueprint for where the walls will go and what it is that they'll look like. I'm in, I'm just, I'm hoping, God, I'm going to have a beautiful bathroom right here. So when we hope for a thing, we have an earnest expectation. We've got an outstretched neck in anticipation for what is about to happen. See, when we read the word of God, do we go, oh my goodness, I can't wait for this to show up in my life, or go, oh, that doesn't really apply to me. Hope is a confident expectation. Again, our neck outstretched going, wow, God, this is what you're about ready to do in my life. And it produces hope in our life. Again, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is, present tense, substance, the foundation, the confidence of the thing I've hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hope is the blueprint of the thing I'm believing God for, moving from the unseen to the seen, moving from the blueprint to reality. Faith is the reason that I have hope for can be a reality. It's not something that I'm hoping for that can never be a reality. Let me say that again. Faith is the reason that what I hope for can be a reality. It's not hoping for something that can never be a reality. Faith is the reason for the hope that I have. And don't forget where my hope comes from. It comes from where? The Word of God. I find hope in the Word of God. My blueprint, the end in mind, the results I'm looking for in my life come from the Word of God. See, you can't go around saying, I'm hoping by the end of the day that I'm going to get me some reefer. All right? Hope is not the confidence for that, for you getting some reefer. Confidence is only confidence or the foundation for the hope that you've discovered in the Word of God. You know, years ago, and they, they haven't come to the church for years, but there used to be a guy when I started talking about the tongue having the power of life and death, would say, I don't really believe that because if I start to say, I'm a donkey, I'm a donkey, I'm a donkey, I don't become a donkey. And it's debatable at times, but... On top of that, on top of that, we have to go to the word. What does God's word say? Listen, sometimes there's a rhema word. And what that means is it's, it's a now word. It's something God's speaking something into your spirit that's not necessarily found in the word of God, but it will always line up with the word of God. When I was about ready to get married, man, I was freaked out about getting married. I mean, I was marrying the most gorgeous woman in the world, the most talented woman in the world, the most amazing, sweet, and kind woman in the world. Seriously. I really was. I was still freaked out. 
And I began saying, God, is she the one for me? God, is she the one for me? Some of you guys know where I'm at with this. And, and I was just praying that over my life. And then God spoke this Proverbs to me. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Now, I'd read that scripture a lot of times. It was the Logos word, the written word. But all of a sudden, it became a rhema word. And it was an answer to the prayer of what it was that I was believing God for. Now, ladies, in case you don't want to get married, you could always follow the scripture. We would not have you, ignorant brethren. <laughs> if you choose to operate that way. But we always go to the word of God. I can't make up things. I'm finding my foundation. If God's word says it, I believe it. Now, I have to read it in context. I have to understand what, what the writer was saying at that point. So I have to study and understand the word of God. But listen, don't think you have to arrive at some place before you can finally grasp all this. You begin now building your confidence. You begin now understanding it. Listen, when, when you look at professional basketball players that have a lot of confidence about shooting the basket, they didn't start out where they're at. They started out in peewee basketball, shooting the ball, missing the ball all the time, missing the basket all the time, and they just kept practicing, kept practicing, and before you know it, confidence started showing up, and the ability started being manifest, and suddenly now they're making millions of dollars a year. Listen, God's promises for us begin with us shooting sometime, missing the ball lots of time, but we stay focused on becoming confident. So how do we grow our faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we hear it, we hear it, we hear it. We just say, I choose to believe that. I choose to believe that. I choose to believe that. And eventually the promises start showing up in our life. So we've got to read and discover the word of God, the promises. See, that when we understand the promises, that's what gives faith something to attach our hope to. God's word says it about us, we can believe it. When you get a word from God, that's when you get that's what you get when you read God's word. If you'll receive it, that word will produce hope in your life. See, that's what happened to Abraham. He got a word from God that he was going to have a child, even though he was old and, and past childbearing years. He placed his hope in God's word, and God gave him a blueprint in his mind by telling him that his descendants would be like the stars in the heaven. Can you imagine as he was waiting for that promise to come about, how many nights he walked out, saw the stars in the heaven, and it was the blueprint in his mind, and it reminded him of where his hope was? God, that's what, they, what my descendants are going to be like. I don't even have a child yet, but God, that's what my descendants are going to be like. The Bible says that Abraham believed God. So now he has confidence because his faith was resting on the sure foundation of God's word. And that confidence in God's word gave him hope, a confident expectation of what God had said. That's why you have to keep hope alive. Listen, you, you've got to keep hope alive. No one can do that for you. They can encourage you. They can help you keep hope alive. But you're the only one that can keep hope alive. Because if you don't have hope, faith has nothing to attach itself to. See, whenever a problem shows up, my hope or my confident expectation is in God, not in the problem. Let me close this morning with this. Our hope in God's promises is not just a wish. It's not something, oh, I'm kind of hoping. It's a confident expectation of God. Good. It's something that God desires to become a reality in your life. See, there are people who say that preachers ought to be ashamed of themselves for giving people false hope. But when you get your hope from the word of God, there is nothing false about the hope that you get from the word of God. Every hope that you can derive from the word of God is something that can become a reality if you'll just believe and receive the word 
that's found in the world. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the